Hey there, community. Welcome to the Providence Podcast. I'm Sister Leslie, and I'm so glad you're here. At Godspace, we have all kinds of ways to stay connected, to deepen your faith, and to meet other people. You can sign up for our newsletter and stay connected at godspacecommunity.com. Godspace is a ministry of the Sisters of Divine Providence of Kentucky, and we hope you stay connected with us as well. So now let's get started with our scripture reading and go from there. A reading from the Gospel according to Matthew. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he had sat down, his disciples came to him. He began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the land. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the clean of heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are they who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I think what our readings are saying this week is that our own strengths and gifts are not really what matter. We're actually blessed in our weaknesses and limitations. What does that mean? Well, let's get into it. In the first letter to the Corinthians, Paul says, Consider your own calling. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. Rather, God chose the foolish of the world to shame the wise. And God chose the weak of the world to shame the strong. So, according to Paul, We followers of Christ don't have a lot going for us, right? Neither wisdom, nor strength, nor nobility. By the standards by which our secular culture judges, we're just a bunch of weak, foolish nobodies. But Paul assures us that our weaknesses and foolishness shame the proud and the strong. The choice of the word shame intrigues me probably because I was just talking about this reading with my community's superior general, and she pointed it out. I don't remember why she brought it up or why we were randomly talking about this reading in November. Hashtag things nuns talk about. 
But what she said was that all the English translations she could find used the word shame. However, French translations of this passage used the word confuse. So that would translate to God chose the foolish of this world to confuse the wise, and God chose the weak of this world to confuse the strong. That has a very different meaning from what we have here. Consider with me the meaning of the word shame. It's not a good thing, and in fact, I can't think of a time when it has been a good thing. For me, the word is reminiscent of Adam and Eve in the garden, standing naked and ashamed before God. Maybe they were guilty too. I mean, after all, they had just disobeyed God. And guilt is what comes when our conscience talks to us about a wrong we've done. Guilt can be a helpful spiritual tool because it can move us back toward God if we've moved away. Shame, though, is different. Shame is that thing that whispers to us that we're fundamentally bad. It's not that we've done something bad, but that we are bad. That never moves us toward God. Like Adam and Eve, shame causes us to hide from God and throw on some fig leaves or some nonsense. If you want to learn more about shame, seek out Dr. Brene Brown, who has spent many years researching shame, its effects and causes, and how to work against it. Something I remember learning from her books and podcasts, along with so many other helpful things, is the idea that shame is never a tool to use in promoting a social good. Especially during the summer of 2020, when people were protesting the deaths of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Ahmaud Arbery, Dr. Brown said that shame is never a tool of social justice. And shame doesn't turn people's hearts to work for good. That was a helpful insight. To me, that says, yes, work for change within myself and within the world. Work against oppression. But shaming other people is not the work we're doing. And it's not effective anyway. Shame's not going to help people to examine their privilege or call them to notice the ways in which their behaviors harm other people. In fact, shame may actually make people hunker down in their own beliefs. We really have to eradicate shame in order to grow, both individually and as a society. So when I look again at this reading, I don't want followers of Christ to shame people wise or strong though they may be, shame is not what we are about. So I'm siding with the French translators on this one because the wisdom and strength of the followers of Christ probably is confusing to people who don't understand the gospel. I mean, just look at our reading from Matthew about the Beatitudes Honestly, it confuses me a little bit, and I've been a follower of Christ for a good amount of time. 
I mean, really, what does it mean that people who mourn and people who are persecuted are blessed? That doesn't make any sense, at least not in a secular context. Why would people try to be poor in spirit or meek? Why would people work for peace when it's such an uphill battle, so to speak? And yet, Jesus tells us that there is blessing in these attitudes and actions. We are blessed even when we mourn because God is with us. And we're blessed when we're poor in spirit and when we hunger and thirst for justice because these dispositions align us with the poor and oppressed and move us to advocate on their behalf, like Jesus did. We're blessed when we continue to doggedly build this kingdom, when we work for this vision that Christ has inspired us to see. Because the thing is, everyone doesn't see this vision Not everyone thinks the kingdom of God is possible, but we do. That's our wisdom, and that's our strength, and that's our blessing. Blessed are we who are weak and foolish, we who believe the kingdom of God is among us. We confuse the hell out of the strong and powerful in the world, and we are blessed. So, It's not about shame, but the message of the gospel does confuse people who aren't in the know, and knowing is deeper than the processes of our logical minds. Our strength and wisdom and blessing don't come from ourselves. We can't self-generate them. Our knowing comes from the Spirit. We have the wisdom and strength of God so that when we live into our call to be like Christ and to serve people, we are richly blessed and blessed and blessed and abundantly blessed. Amen. So let's continue our reflection. What resonates for you from these readings? Have you ever had the experience of God's wisdom and strength? A time or a situation where you knew that your own wisdom didn't come from yourself, but you had a sense of the presence of God. What was that like? Which of the Beatitudes 
resonates for you right now? What is it about that that calls to you? What is God saying to you? Thanks for listening to the Providence Podcast. I hope you continue to connect with God's space and, of course, the Sisters of Divine Providence of Kentucky. As you enter this week, may you notice all the ways that God cares for you. And may we all take good care of each other. Peace.